Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Deeper than yours, our 
Creator. Mama Rachel, cry for us again. Won't you shed a tear for your dear children? If you raise your sweet voice now, as then the day will come. Mama Rachel, cry for us again. Won't you shed a tear for your dear children? Your voice is still as you heed the call of me, Nico It's our Father's will, He who made us all. There we ask of you to defy. Yet a frightened child, numb from pain and grief, remains forlorn and uncertain, clinging to the It's mother Mame, mame, vey No chamor Tredin sonst du gissin O nazor Betten von Bashefen Himmel Dico in
JM in the AM. Whoa. That's uh, Ivdu done by AKA Pella. They had Im Love on Numacha before that. Habait, that was Avrami Flam. Benny Friedman's brand new Bill Vavi. Mama Rachel, Journeys Volume Number Four. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And uh, we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this April 20th, day eight in the month of ER, the year 5781. Let's see if our big Lagba Omer um, live musical extravaganza is happening on the 18th of ER, which is Lagba Omer. Then we are 10 days away from one of the best mornings in the history of JM and the AM. And trust me, that is quite a statement. <laughs> that is quite a statement. What do we usually go with in terms of statistics? Let's do this quickly. Let's do this quickly on the air for those listeners who are interested and for those listeners who are not interested. 52 weeks out of the year times five JM and the AMs minus, let's say, 10 shows for Yuntif on average times 37 and a half years equals... All right, so we're at about, we're just under 9,400 JM in the AMs. We're just under 9,400 JM in the AMs. We'll get there in the next month to the 9,400 mark. Oh, my gosh, I cannot wait for 10,000. I cannot wait for 10,000. They talk about 10,000 hours. This will be 10,000 shows. And that's, okay, whatever. Can't even get into this right now. But anyway, um, when would that be, by the way? When would the 10,000 show be? I guess around two and a half years from now, something like that. Anyway, why do I mention this? Because I just made a statement that Friday Lagba Omer next week is going to be one of the greatest shows in the history of JM and the AM. Do you realize we're we're just under 9,400 shows? I mean, I'm almost at 9,500 JM and the AMs. And I am proclaiming <laughs> that the Lagba Omer, yeah, the pressure's on, the Lagba Omer live musical extravaganza is going to be among the uh, greatest shows, if not the greatest show, in the history of JM and the AM. Avram Rosenblum, the Diasperados, uh, Arye Kunstler, they'll all be there. It's Friday, JM and the AM on Lagba Omer from 6 to 11 a.m. Remember, it's a radio show. I keep reminding everybody who's going to be watching from around the world, it is a radio show. Half of it is going to be live music, which we're very excited about, <laughs> but the other half is going to be us doing our show with great guests and a lot of wonderful Lagbomers celebrating. So keep that in mind. I beg you. <laughs> I don't want people to think they're going to get a five-hour concert. We can't do that to those guys. Even if we wanted to, we couldn't do that to those guys. Anyway, so it's a five-hour special. Once the music starts, meaning the live music, which will be about 7.15, 7.30 Eastern time. At least half of the remaining time until 11 a.m. is going to be music. At least half. Um, so that's the story. It's a five-hour special, live music, amazing super band. You'll be able to watch it all on NahumSingle.com, on Facebook Live, on Instagram Live. Make sure you have our app. It's all sponsored by Mizrahi with a big thank you to our friends at the RZA, Religious Zionists of America. They're heading to Israel at the end of May. Get their information at rza.org slash journey home. rza.org slash journey home if you want to head to Israel. Uh, I also want to thank our friends at Yatar, our friends at Yatar who have the um, a campaign that's honoring the, uh, the victim of terror, Esther Hogan, 
Um, they, they are uh, trying to get to $85,000 at a brand new ATV for Talman Ashe. They are already at 91.1% of their goal. They're over 77,500. So if you haven't given yet, it's a good cause, and your, your next donation could actually get them to their goal. So it's charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Charity with a D dot com slash Yatar Israel. Anyway, so we're getting ready for the big event a week from Friday. And it's going to be fun. Oh, is it going to be fun? I just went through with Avrami yesterday to make sure I had every possible. Oh, I just realized I made sure I had every possible diaspora song in my, uh, in my um, laptop. And now I just realized that there might be one album that didn't make it in there. I got I to gotta remember to check this out. Ooh, I really better remember to check this out. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> more and more assignments before we get to next Friday morning. It's simple as that. If you want to sponsor the event, we'd love it. Go to fjbunity.org. If you want to be at the event, we're asking for a $500 donation. A lot of people are doing it, coming down for the full breakfast and the full experience. Um, if you want to help us out, donate, sponsor, uh, actually be there in Rahway, New Jersey when we do the event next Friday morning, Logbo Omer. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and click on Sponsorship Opportunities. Oh, and by the way, yesterday uh, yet another donation came in, which I wanted to mention. Um, got a very generous donation yesterday at fjbunity.org. I want to thank, I want to thank listener Alex. Thank you, listener Alex, for your donation. Uh, a lot of people just go on the site and donate, literally go on the site when, when we're not even asking for, you know, specific donations for anything specific and just want to support us. And it's such an amazing feeling. So thank you very much for that. It is much appreciated, and I hope anybody who wants to sponsor next Friday's event goes to fjbunity.org and clicks on Sponsorship Opportunities, and you can come down, meet Avram Rosenblum, hang out with the amazing musicians, see our entire team in action. Um, it, it's really it's going to be quite a morning, so I hope you're able to be there. Ah, So that's the Logba Omer talk, lots of Logba Omer talk. The word's getting around Israel as well. A lot of people are realizing that they could spend from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. watching our show next Friday in Israel. And that's a great <laughs> Lagba Omer Friday afternoon activity for the family. A great activity. So that's becoming a, uh, that's becoming a, a piece of news that's getting around in terms of looking in and uh, watching the whole production. As it unfolds, I was actually going through next week's schedule with somebody, and um, I mean Thursday we'll be there. We'll be at the Art School Studios and doing our final, you know, checks and everything. And then hours later, we'll be back. I, I would, I would imagine I'm going to walk in there about four thirty in the morning, and get going at six a.m. Um, I am, I'm. Go it's going to be very hard for me to contain my excitement for what's going to happen Logbo Omer morning. So. We're anticipating a really, really great show, and I hope all of you are tuned in. Tuesday morning, JM in the AM, the 23rd day. Today is day number 23 in the counting of the Omer. That's three weeks and two days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. 51 degrees, 72% humidity. Winds are west at 6 miles an hour. Some sun, some clouds, and a high of 73. 
Woohoo! Partly cloudy tonight, low 55. Thunderstorms for tomorrow, high Wednesday, 63 degrees. Right now, 90.1 FM, FM, 90.1 degrees in Yerushalayim. And the 51 here in New York City, as we say good morning at JM and the M. Yeah, yesterday, Avrami told us it was over 100 in Beit Shemesh. They're going through what they call a sharav. They're going through quite a heat wave in Israel. And... Um, that's going to continue for a few days. They, they said the temperature is going to drop and then go back up. So they've got quite a heat wave going on in Israel. We are desperately trying to get back to Israel, and uh, hopefully next month it's going to happen. Um, the Mizrahi trip looks more and more and more promising, and we should have final word on it in the next day or two. Right now they are sold out on this end, which is pretty amazing, frankly. And if you are anxious to reunite, reconnect, and celebrate in the Holy Land, get information about future Journey Home missions with RZA Mizrahi by going to rza.org slash journeyhome, rza.org slash journeyhome. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. And a reminder that our friends at ArtScroll have released a brand new book. It's called A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. Rabbi Eliezer Krohn has written it. You get your discount and free shipping with promo code radio. And you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. And again, the book is called A Woman's Guide to Practical Halacha. It is written by Rabbi Eliezer Krohn. And you can check that out. And, um, and um, enjoy the brand new book. Looks like a good one, and a lot of people are talking about it. Again, go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. All right. Just looking for a second. There's a, uh, where is that brand new single? There's a brand new single in our collection of the, uh, Acapella version, or uh, the acapella genre, I should say, and I'm having trouble finding it. Um, all right, so we'll go to a an alternate uh, selection. Blue Fringe, remember them? They're next. You're listening to JM in the AM. Share 
Tuesday morning broadcast. I neglected to mention earlier. I don't know how. I made sure to put it on Facebook this morning. So I don't know how I forgot to mention it. Uh, Hadassah Lieberman. Hadassah Lieberman, who has had a rewarding career dedicated dedicated to healthcare issues, assisting not for profits, improving educational standards, promoting international understanding with a particular focus on global women's health, and who would have been the most amazing second lady of the United States. Uh, she has a brand new book. It's called Hadassah, An American Story. Hadassah, An American Story. Um, written by Hadassah Lieberman. She joins us 8 o'clock this morning here at JMM. I'm very, very much looking forward to it. She joins us at 8 o'clock this morning right here at JM in the AM. Again, very much looking forward to it right here. Keep it here at JM in the AM. The Sin 
Wrapping up the hour with one amazing diaspora set. Lule Amanti, Aziva Zimras Cub, all from diaspora. Blue fringe before that. Day 23 in the counting of the Omer. We are 10 days away from our Lagba Omer extravaganza. Five straight hours. Lagba Omer morning. You'll be able to see it around the world on all the different. Uh, Platforms, excuse me, platforms. Big thank you to our chairman, Mr. Steve Adelsberg. Big thank you to our New Jersey chairman, Mr. Ralph Rosenbaum. Big thank you to all of our sponsors, including, of course, our presenting sponsor, Mizrahi RZA. Go to rza.org slash journey home for information about their trips to Israel coming up. Big thank you to Yatar Israel. Go to charity.com slash Yatar Israel to give them the last few thousand dollars they need for the ATV campaign. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and Alchem Zigal, Alchem Zigal, Alchem Zigal, Network, and it goes in the beloved NSN app. Hadassah Lieberman at 8 o'clock, one hour from now, author of the book Hadassah, an American story. Hadassah Lieberman joins us at JM in the AM. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM the AM. Galeitzan, Yerushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Ran Yavnai, Ima Shekore Achshav. Shlosha Shotrim Nifzau Bemalach Matzar Chashudim Halayla Bishkunat Mea Sheharim 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 כתבתנו בבירה, אסייל פלד מוסיפה, כי באחד המקומות בו פעלו השוטרים, נעלו המתפרעים את כוח המשטרה בתוך הבניין בו הם פעלו. הפלונטר הפוליטי, הליכוד במתקפה על יושב ראש ימינה בנט, הוא דוער לממשלת שמאל עם מרץ והעבודה בתמיכת המשותפת. במקביל, ראש הממשלה נתניהו ויושב ראש הציונות הדתית סמוטריץ' 
נפגשים בשעה זו לדון באפשרויות להקמת ממשלה. מדווח כתבנו יובל שגב. דקות לפני הפגישה צייץ סמוטריץ' בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כי הוא סבור שנתניהו לא רוצה להקים ממשלה בתמיכת מפלגת רע"מ, אך נתניהו צפוי בכל מקרה לבקש את הנמכת הטונים מול מנסור עבאס, על מנת שהאחרון לא ימשיך בהתקרבות לגוש המתנגדים. הצדדים מעריכים כי יש צורך במציאת פתרונות יצירתיים להקמת ממשלה, תוך הבנה שסמוטריץ' לא יחזור מהבטחותיו שלא להיעזר בעבאס. הקורונה הכלכלית, סך החוב של מדינת ישראל חצה השנה את רף טריליון השקלים. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ניתאי ענבי, שמע את החשב הכללי באוצר, יאלי רוטנברג. כמו שאתם יודעים, מגרדים את הטריליון שקל של חוב. דרך אגב, עברנו אותו, אבל זה כבר סיפור של שנת עשרים ואחרות. ואי אפשר להמשיך את זה ככה על כזאת כמות של חוב לאורך זמן. כי כל שקל שהולך לתשלום ריבית לא הולך לדברים אחרים. היכולת שלנו להוריד את זה לאורך זמן היא תלויה בהקטנת הגירעון לאורך זמן. משפט ראש הממשלה, הסתיימה החקירה הראשית של עד התביעה, מנכ"ל וואלה לשעבר אילן ישועה. בבית המשפט המחוזי מדווח כתבנו לענייני משפט איתי שריג. אחרי שבעה דיונים, עדותו הראשית של מנכ"ל וואלה לשעבר אילן ישועה הסתיימה. השופטים צפויים להכריע היום בבקשת ההגנה לדחות את תחילת החקירה הנגדית, בשל העובדה כי לטענתם בבית המשפט עלו נושאים עליהם ישועה כלל לא נחקר. הסנגורים מעריכים כי החקירה הנגדית תימשך כ-20 מריה אלקין, אשתו של חבר הכנסת זאב אלקין, מתקווה חדשה, הגישה אמש תלונה במשטרה לאחר קללות שספגה היא ובתה מפעילי ימין בהפגנה מול ביתם בירושלים. בשיחה עם יעל דן בגלי צה"ל אמרה אלקין, יש צורה למחות אתמול, זו הייתה בריונות. אף ילד של פוליטיקאי, אף בן זוג או בת זוג של פוליטיקאי, לא סבא וסבתא ולא דודה ולא דוד, וגם לא השכנים שלא עוול בכפם שמשפחת אלקין עברה לגור ברחוב חנה בבלי בפסגת זאב. אף אחד מאלה לא צריך לשלם שום מחיר על מערכים פוליטיים כאלה או אחרים. בכלל זה לגיטימי, אבל יש דרך למחות, ויש מקומות למחות. אתמול זאת הייתה בריונות, פשוט חוליגניות. מותו של שרה מונטקה, זיכרונו לברכה, אשתו של קצין המשטרה, המואשם בגרימת מותו, העידה היום בבית משפט השלום בחיפה. מדווח כתבנו קובי מנדל. אשתו של קצין המשטרה שחזרה היום מאחורי פרגוד את האירוע בו נורה הנער סלה מונטקה במסגרת משפטו של בעלה בבית משפט השלום בחיפה. הקצין מואשם בגרימת מותו. האישה סיפרה תוך שעדותה נקטעה מעת לעת בשל בחייה, כי הנערים לא נרתעו גם כשבעלה הקצין שלף את אקדחו והמשיכו להשליך לעברו אבנים. ילדיה החלו לבכות ולזעוק אבא אבא, בעוד היא השתיקה אותם בשל החשש לזיהוים. נשיא צ'אד, אידריס דבי, מת בגיל 68 לאחר שהיה מעורב בקרבות עם המורדים, כך הודיע דובר הצבא בצ'אד. רק הלילה זכה דבי בתקופת כהונה שישית בבחירות לנשיאות עם כמעט 80 אחוזים מהקולות. קריסת רצפה בבניין ברמת גן אין נפגעים, במקום נוצר בור בעומק של שישה מטרים ומתמונות ניתן לראות סלון בתוך בית ובמרכזו בור. כתבנו בן נצר מעדכן כי מסתמן שהסיבה לקריסה היא עבודות באתר בנייה סמוך. בסך הכל שני בניינים פונו ומהנדסים פועלים בזירה. עוזי שמתגורר בבית שנפגע שחזר בתוכניתנו עושים צהריים. עקרונית, בונים בשטח, שמיעת המבנה שלי. יצאנו, שתינו את הכוס קפה בשעה שבע בבוקר, יש לנו גם כאלה שאיתנו ביחד. חזרנו, היא לא מצליחה לפתוח את הדלת. איך שאני פותח את הדלת, חשכו העיניים. בור בעומק של תשע מטר של לקח את השולחן של הסלון, הכל, הכל נבלע למטה. בוא לאן, בוא נגיד ככה, והכלב למזלי היה במיטה שלנו, איפה שאנחנו ישנים. ומזג האוויר עוד ירידה מחר במידות החום. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי
J.M. in the A.M. Sphere Format Tuesday. We don't always play a cappella. We'll sometimes slow down the music. Like in this case, the Maishi Menlowitz's beautiful nostalgia medley here at J.M. in the A.M. It's day 23 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. We have quite a day for uh, women's leadership in our uh, community here at J.M. in the A.M. Not, not done purposely, frankly. Uh, we have the folks from Joma joining us in a moment. We have Hadassah Lieberman with her brand new book at 8 o'clock. And I believe Linda Spiegel is supposed to join us from the Margaret Teets Rehab Center about the event coming up on the 27th. So we salute uh, many great women in our community who have uh, taken leadership roles and are doing great work, including the folks at Joma. I had an, opportun- uh, an opportunity just a moment ago to tell Dr. Knoll, who's going to join us in a moment, I told her off the air uh, just how what, what I've said on the air. Uh, just how the experience with Joma has um, has shown us uh, the incredible uh, leadership skills that the people in the healthcare industry have in our community, and how much great work they're doing outside of the um, outside of the uh, you know their typical job, outside of what they do on a daily basis, in terms of reaching out. And um, today, I remind you that if you are a healthcare professional, there is at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight a special live stream town hall, a virtual live stream town hall called COVID-19 Vaccine and You. It's for healthcare professionals. If you go to joma.org, you'll see a pop-up immediately that lets you register for tonight's event. And in this era of, um, I'd like to say post-COVID, <laughs> I don't know if that would be accurate, <laughs> but in this era of hopefully the tail end of COVID, it is important that healthcare professionals are up to date and getting the latest information. So you have that opportunity coming up later on. Go to joma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org for information. Joma, of course, is the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association. Dr. Miriam Knoll is with us live via telephone, a board-certified radiation oncologist at Advanced Radiation Oncology Services at uh, serves rather at the Montefiore Nyack Hospital in New York. She's president of the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association. 
She's a uh, Forbes Healthcare contributor, writes to the American Society of Clinical Oncology, Connection, and numerous other media outlets, serves as Associate Senior Editor of the American Society of Radiation Oncology's peer-reviewed journal, Advances in Radiation Oncology. And uh, Dr. Miriam Knoll joins us live via telephone. A pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me, and I have to tell you, I'm a huge fan <laughs> through my many years of training and early commutes. Uh, you were, you know, you always accompanied me on my on my commute. So thank you, thank you. I appreciate that very much. I would assume people in your professional, when they're doing these uh, all nighters, they need a little excitement to keep them awake early in the morning. So I hope we were able to <laughs> exactly to provide that exactly. for you. Yeah, you, yep. you find so it's really an honor to speak with you directly. I appreciate that. You find people in your profession tuning in it strange hours of the uh, day and night. Uh, Dr. Knoll, I told you off the air. I'll tell you um, a part of it on the air. Uh, your organization, I, I heard this from a couple of listeners yesterday, ironically enough. Uh, your organization is doing a tremendous amount to alert people about the importance of the COVID-19 vaccine, its efficacy, its recommendation, uh, meaning JOMA's recommendation that people uh, get the vaccine and contribute to community and, of course, greater uh, community um, uh, herd immunity. And um, one of the things that we've learned through this experience, we'll talk about tonight's event, and of course we'll talk about the vaccine, but one of the things we've learned from this experience with JOMA is just how many topics you and the leaders and the lay people in the organization are undertaking. I mean, it's amazing how much information there is for so many sensitive issues in our community. And look, you're obviously familiar with you know radiation oncology. When it, mm-hmm. when it comes to oncology and when it comes to so many other departments in the medical field there are so many sensitivities to our community if one would just sit and and start making a list of things to be concerned about in each category we are a unique community does it feel sometimes like it's impossible to keep up with all of our special needs and all of our special situations so I, I have to say that, you know, the way that we've been able to grow at such an incredible pace and offer incredible content that's up-to-date and also geared towards the Orthodox community is really only because of our incredible volunteers. Yeah. You probably know this already, you know, we're a non-for-profit organization. We were founded two years ago in 2019. We have... Uh, almost 300 members of Orthodox women, physicians, trainees, medical students, and pre-medical students. And everyone volunteers their time. Nobody gets paid. Nobody gets a stipend. Nobody gets anything. But, you know, I, part of it is who they are as people are volunteers and also their passion for sharing health education. So, you know, when they go to work, and I myself have a full-time job, I'm a radiation oncologist, (laughs) I do this, you know, as my volunteer work, right? right? So, you know, when you're speaking with a firm person, they, yes, yes, they're a person, and yes, their health, you know, concerns are going to be, you know, not necessarily different in terms of curing their cancer or, you know, their women's health concerns or COVID vaccines, they're instinctively just about health, but the way that we want to speak to them and explain things to them is going to be very specific, right? A hundred percent. Just the COVID experience taught us that. If you think yeah. about if you think about the questions that had to go to rabbis and the situations that you yeah. as healthcare professionals became aware of in the hospital, not just for yourselves, but obviously yeah. for the patients as well. I mean the list was endless. Dr. Miriam Knoll is with us 
president of JAMA. Now, uh, you have the event tonight, which we'll talk about. How did Sunday night's event go, the one that was specifically uh, for college teachers, doulas, and mikvah attendants? It, it went amazingly well. We had hundreds of attendees, registrants. We had, you know, college teachers, doulas, um, you know, mikvah attendants from literally all over the world. So all over the United States, Canada, Australia, Israel, Belgium, wow. South Africa. Um, we had. That's, an, that's another thing. At, I apologize to yeah. interrupt you. That's another thing we ne- that we never, meaning I never considered. And that is that this is a global effort. You're hearing from healthcare professionals everywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is actually not the first time. So, you know, the this event on Sunday that was geared specifically to, you know, educating, you know, um, mikvah attendants, dual of college teachers was actually a follow-up to our work right. a year ago when um, the COVID pandemic first started and people were obviously very concerned about going to the mikvah. Was it safe? Was it something that should be done? Should, who can go? Who can't go? All these things came up. And one of our board members, Dr. Bacheva Lerner Maslow, had a conference with worldwide a mikvah professional than Rabbanim right. to go over the health concerns. And let me be clear, we are not an organization that paskins halacha. Right. We don't, um, you know, um, we don't weigh in on halacha except by discussing the medical, you know, basis for these types of things. Meaning if there's a question, you know, for a rav and they have a question about the medical issues, we'll weigh in on the, on the medical issues. But we do not pass in halacha or discuss halacha or offer halacha or anything like that yeah, in any ju- of our webinars. Just the opposite. You're calling you know, questions from so many who are on the front lines and then bringing them to responsible rabbis to, to deal with them in a halachic manner. And, and Frank, yeah, again, and- you know, that's, that's up to them. You know, again, like, if anyone has a lot of questions, they know where to go. That's right. not us. Right. No, <laughs> but, I, I hear... You know, we're able to bring the expertise... All right. That, that we understand the issues that come up. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Immediately, that you know the mikvah issue was very, very large, and that's why we put out mikvah guidelines. We shared them with you know mikvahs all over the world, and they were able to see you know what needs to be done from a medical perspective to make it safe for the mitzvahs to continue. Dr. Miriam Knowles with us. Yeah, no question about it. That was my whole point. My whole point was that because you're on the front lines. And you can bring that expertise. I mean, rabbis must be consulting with people like you all the time just to understand what's happening in that operating room, understand what's happening in the radiation room, understand what's happening in the treatment room, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, in the patient's room as well. Uh, JM in the AM, jauma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org. If you go to the top of the page, you'll see there a tab. Um, an education tab, EDU, and there you'll have a whole host of information about the COVID-19 vaccine, which, of course, we'll get to in a second. Now, tonight's event is about the COVID-19 vaccine, but it's specifically for healthcare professionals. What is your, and we're recommending to anybody who is a healthcare professional, go to jauma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org. There's a pop-up that lets you register immediately for tonight's event. Now, Dr. Noel, what are you expecting? What's the goal for tonight? So the goal for tonight is to train healthcare professionals, which includes, as we know, physicians, nurses, PAs, therapists, um, anyone who is either a healthcare professional or a healthcare professional to be, and help them get the answers that they've been getting from their patients, from their friends, from their colleagues, that they're comfortable sharing information about the vaccine. We know that 
everyone's discussing the vaccine. Very often, these conversations can be difficult. People come from different perspectives, and there's a lot of distrust in the vaccine, in the medical community, in government, in our leaders, and that is absolutely understandable. So we, what we want to do is offer information in a way that will be easily understood by everyone who attends, again, patients, friends, colleagues, anyone who's going to ask questions about the vaccine. We have an incredible panel of experts that we've invited. Um, Dr. Valerie Altman is an OBGYN. She'll be speaking, of course, about all the questions people have about fertility concerns, who should get the vaccine, pregnant women, nursing women, all those kinds of questions. Dr. Mark Mulligan is director of the Vaccine Center at NYU. He actually ran many of the trials to get the vaccine approved. So he has incredible expertise about how the vaccine was designed. And obviously, that's very important in terms of understanding why the vaccine is safer than getting infected with COVID-19. And our third speaker is actually a Ph.D. lawyer, Dr. Dorit Rubenstein-Reese, and she does research and is an international expert on vaccine hesitancy. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, The vaccine hesitancy, it's a topic that comes up every time that uh, someone from JOMA is on. Uh, Obviously, Mm -hmm. for the reasons you just mentioned, there is a a tremendous push in our community, and for good reason, because there's belief in the efficacy of the vaccine. And um, and we've spoken to to people who have actually been on the front lines of approving the vaccine uh, here on this program. Uh, But as you also mentioned, there is a, you know, a question mark when it comes and, and you're, you're not how did you put i don't remember how you put it but you can understand that people do not trust government and, yeah, and the, right and these and these days and these days it's quite a concern uh all that having been said i assume you fully endorse and recommend to anybody and everybody again within normal health protocol obviously there are exceptions and you know that people should ask if they are in an exceptional situation uh you're endorsing that people should take this vaccine it can only add to the immunity in our community and the immunity in the general uh, community. Um, yes, that, that's, yes, absolutely. That, I, I think obviously, that's, there, there are rare circumstances where somebody's physician would tell them not to take the vaccine. That would be, you know, very unusual. But, you know, for everybody else, absolutely recommending, you know, the vaccine. But that being said, we understand why people are hesitant. Right. And, uh, so, and, and, and that, that's why we're looking to share information so that people's concerns are addressed yeah and our goal is to make sure that people have as much information as possible they feel rightfully so that they are making the decision but really with a lot of info and as much as possible tonight uh the uh the live stream virtual town hall is specifically for healthcare professionals you'll be updated on all of this from your perspective, and we hope that you then join uh, the leaders of the healthcare professional community in our community in spreading the word about the efficacy of the vaccine and how important it is for as many people as possible to get it. If there are patients out there with specific questions, we encourage you, of course, to address those as well, not just to go out there and make blanket statements, but to be there in order to service the needs of those who are uh, in our community. You could register for the event. There'll be a pop-up at joma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org, for tonight's event. It is a platform created to share medical education regarding COVID-19 vaccination safety. All information provided by community leaders in the medical field, as Dr. Knoll outlined a very impressive list of presenters tonight. Dr. Knoll, anything you'd like to add? I just wanted to add, you know, one component of this, which is that, you know, we're not looking to just tell everyone 
you know, yes, the vaccine is the best thing in the world, and, which it is, but, you know, and you're <laughs> crazy if you don't want to take it. That, that's not our goal. Right. Our goal is to share information and be a resource for people. So, you know, you had mentioned the event on Sunday. We've gotten over 30 requests already. Please send us more information. Wow. Please, you know, attendees, so that people can share. And we've created resources, informational materials, educational materials. We're putting together posters that we'll be mailing for doctor's offices, you know, mikvahs. So anyone that wants resources and wants to share resources about the COVID vaccine should please contact us at vaxfacts at joma.org. That's V-A-X, facts, V-F-A-C-T-S at joma.org. Because, you know, it's hard for people to find credible information. So what we're doing is really collating those resources for people so that they, you know, don't have to do the work themselves. And, you know, for those who, who are, you know, hesitant and say, well, and, and I hear this a lot because the anti-vaxxer community is quite strong and they, they are, they're bullies. Um, there's really no other way to put it. You know, we've gotten, you know, tremendous, you know, backlash from, you know, anti-vaxxers. You know, to be honest, we don't care. Right. <laughs> We're doctors, you know. So when, you know, I'm an oncologist. When I meet a patient who, you know, has ignored their breast cancer for 10 years and now, unfortunately, you know, it has a cancer that can't be um, cured, you know, I understand, you know, there are people who don't believe in Western medicine. There's, right. there's nothing that we can do at that point, right? But the, the answer is that we need to at least meet people where they are. Right. The anti-vaxxers are not going to stop. They're sharing bad information. They're looking to scare people. They're, 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 what they're doing is really evil. They're really looking to hurt people. So we have to at least meet them, and also offer good information. We can't just ignore it and say, well, you know, whoever doesn't want the vaccine is crazy. No, there are questions, there are concerns, and that's why we're going to you know, meet people where they are and offer them information so that they understand. Look at- and we've already gotten tremendous feedback from people saying, Thanks for answering my questions. I'm going to get vaccinated. Look, I know that um, you know. I'm, I'm sure you get this feeling when uh, when when you're supervising radiation and uh, and um, chemotherapy treatments. Uh, you know, when when something bad for you is going into one's body, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. hard to understand that it's really the best thing for you. And I think that that's where the exactly. anti- the anti-vaxxers take advantage of that. That something you know that that's identified as the disease is going into your body in whatever responsible right. way it is. And, you know, right. it's hard to convey or hard to believe in certain cases that that could be in the long run beneficial for everybody. But I think over the last 150 years, I think that's been proven, you know, countless times. So, No, oh, ab- absolutely. You know, there are people saying things. I mean, it's hard for me to say this out loud because it's really just so um, insulting and disgusting, honestly. People saying things like, you know, anyone who is either taking the vaccine or um, telling people to get vaccinated, they're comparing them to Nazis, right. to Dr. Mengele. I mean, well, once, are, once you hear the horrible things to say, right. once my you... grandparents were in Auschwitz, for people to say things like that, when somebody comes from our own community, they've met Holocaust survivors to say things like that. I mean, that's. Right. It's, one, it's, once it's you unforgivable. once you hear the desperation of name calling and bullying, you know that that nobody's on the other side who wants to just present facts and have an intelligent conversation. No question yeah. about it. But I have to tell you how many you know um, grateful people have reached out saying, you know, 
I was wondering why people were saying things like that about the vaccine and the Nazis. I was wondering, you know, where was it coming from? Was it true? And, and they said, thank you for saying that it's absolutely false, ridiculous, insulting, and just a horrible thing to say. So, you know, there, there is, you know, a tremendous value in simply saying the truth. No question Even if we're not going to convince everyone, but just offering the facts and saying the truth. How long is your term as president? Um, so I'm actually one of the founders of the organization, so um, I'm as here long, for the long haul. As long, as long as you want, I guess. <laughs> when, it com- <laughs> when it comes to organizations, usually if the person wants to stick around, nobody's objecting. Simple as that. Uh, Dr. Miriam Null reminds you that tonight is the Healthcare Professionals live stream regarding COVID-19. Go to joma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Zechanishmas Harav Zevin Bilsavalevi and Lezechanishmas Esther Basar Bilsavalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. There are 10 spheros with which Hashem created and also interacts with our world. They show different aspects of Hashem's personality, as it were. And we understand from these 10 aspects much about our inner self. Yisod is foundation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to us an abundance of good, an abundance of Kedusha through Yisod, which is like a tsinor or a conduit that gives much bracha into the world and makes this world a better place. We know that Yosef HaTzadik was Tzadik Yisod Olam. The Tzadik is the foundation of the world. We find that Yosef HaTzadik was faced with one of the greatest challenges in the entire world. However, his being able to meet that challenge and overcome the challenge made Yosef the great success that he was. Not only did he overcome his own personal challenges, but he was also able to overcome the world's challenges. At that time, Egypt was suffering a famine. The people of Mitzrayim were destined to die. However, Yosef HaTzadik used his knowledge, used his wisdom, used the force of his personality to save Mitzrayim from death and the terrible famine. He was able to brilliantly mastermind the survival of Mitzrayim. He united the Egyptians in one common goal, to survive. He made their problem his problem. He was not only focused inward, but he focused outward towards the world. We see that that is the Yisod, that is the Midah of caring, the Midah of bringing into this world great bracha. The same idea we find that Yisod corresponds to the sixth day of creation. That was the day when the animals were created and mankind. Only with the creation of human beings was the world ready to fully function. Before Adam was created, things did not fully function in this world. We learn that everything sprang to action when Adam Arishon was created. Rashi explains that although the plants had begun to grow, they only emerged as far as the surface level of the ground.
Vadya Hamama, brand new with that a cappella version of uh, Eretz Yisrael. And my apologies to by Goldwasser, the... Uh, the person engineering our show this morning, a <laughs> tall guy who <laughs> lives in New York City, um, he decided to uh, have a quick trigger finger on the uh, next selection. I apologize for my gold loss. We only got to about two-thirds of his morning chizuk today, but uh, we will certainly make it up at some way uh, in the future. Tuesday morning, day 23 in the counting of the Omer. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more, old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more, and modern better-for-you kosher products, including no-nitrate-added, reduced-fat, and reduced-sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net, use promo code RADIO, and try A&H today. Our friends and partners in Torah are recommending a, uh, a change in your life. Spend an hour a week in a pursuit that you think you probably can't do. 
and that is study for uh, one hour a week with somebody over the phone and enhance their connection to our tradition and heritage. It's a life-changing experience, not only for them, but for you as well. Become a partner. Contact Partners in Torah, 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four and the number two, or partnersintorah.org. Again, partnersintorah.org. Yeah. 1-800-STUDY-42, partnersintorah.org. Pretty amazing, that Partners in Torah, to say the least. They are amazing. You know what else is amazing? ShopEichlers.com, a website with thousands and thousands of Judaic items, all the Sfarim you can imagine, more Jewish books than you could imagine, and amazing ideas, no matter who the gift is for. You know, Mother's Day is coming up. You know that? Mother's Day is coming up. It's either the first or second Sunday. Right. I'm so focused on it. I don't know if it's the first or second Sunday in May, but it's uh, but it's soon. Maybe it says so on this calendar. Yeah, May 9th. May 9th. What are you going to get from mom? Go to shopbyclothes.com. You'll see a million different recommendations. And by the way, a million is only a slight exaggeration. They have same-day delivery to Bar Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. If you live or work in any, any of those places, contact shopbyclothes.com and take advantage of their same-day delivery. Shopbyclothes.com. Check out the site and enjoy. Day 23 in the counting of the Omer. Day number 23. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. The big event is coming up on Lagba Omer. Mizrahi presents our JM and the AM Lagba Omer live musical extravaganza with Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados, plus Aryeh Kunstler, an amazing super band and a five-hour special. Once the music, the live music begins, like 7.15, 7.30 that morning, we are just going to roll with so much live music and a great radio show. Don't forget, it's a radio show. So it'll be half, you know, radio broadcasting and half live music. And I hope you'll be watching from around the world, no matter where you are, on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, NahumSiegel.com. Watch it all, everybody. Watch it all and watch it in its entirety. Those of you who want to attend the event, you could sponsor the event. Go to FJBUnity.org, FJBUnity.org. Click on Sponsorship Opportunities. Sponsor the event. Come on down. Enjoy an amazing show. Great breakfast. A great get together. Um, it'll be really nice. It'll be really really nice. Friday, April thirtieth, a week from this Friday, there'll be a minion at eight ten, eight ten in the morning. There'll be a minion in the building where we are in the Art Squirrel Studios in Rahway, New Jersey. Come on down. And sponsor the event. Even if you can't make it, please sponsor the event. Go to fjbunity.org, give what you can. fjbunity.org, and give what you can. We love presenting special programming, but frankly, it's a big investment. A really, really big investment. want to thank our chair people who really came through for us, including uh, our general chairman, Steve Adelsberg, our New Jersey chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum. Really came through for us for this event, and it's much appreciated. Ralph reminds you that tax day is less than a month away. You can email him for some tax tips and join his email list by writing to ralph at taxcpa2.com. Ralph at taxcpa2.com. Tax day is fast approaching, mid-May. Yeah, right after Mother's Day, you got tax day. I'm getting the whole calendar straight. And hopefully with our friends in Mizrahi, we'll be broadcasting from Israel at the end of May. And if you want information, by the way, remember, Mizrahi is sponsoring our event on uh, 
Friday Lag Bomer. If you want information about the Mizrahi journeys to Israel, which are now uh, coming, which are now getting off the ground, quite literally, rza.org slash journey home, rza.org slash journey home. And if you have not not yet given to the Atar Israel Fund, if you have not yet given to the Atar Israel Fund, they have a a fund in uh, memory of Esther Horgan, a fundraiser uh, to raise $85,000 for the first ATV for Talman Asheh. These ATVs, as we've described, and when Yatar joins us on the air, we'll describe it again, are key to Israel's security. They work along with the IDF um, to secure borders of Israel, the borders of Israel. They've already raised almost $78,000 of their $85,000 goal. So what you give now could literally get them over the top. Charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Charity with a D. Charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Uh, we'll speak later on this morning with uh, Linda Spiegel. Margaret Teeth Nursing and Rehab Center presents an evening of inspiration in the memory of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld. One week from tonight, 7 p.m. One week from tonight, Rabbi Noah Isaac Elbaum, Rabbi Eitan Feiner, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Rabbi Chaim Schwartz. Uh, it'll be moderated by Rabbi Zavol Perlman, Coordinator of Jewish Affairs at Margaret Teets. Again, 7 p.m., April the 27th, in memory of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld. Information, margaretteets.org. Margaretteets.org. We'll talk more about it as we get closer to the event. More coming up at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with A.K.A. Pella. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com and the NahumSingle Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. That comes from A.K.A. Pella here at J.M. in the A.M. as we're in our Sphera format uh, Tuesday. Uh, well, I already off the air told uh, Hadassah Lieberman how amazing the book is. Now I get to tell her. Uh, on the air. The book is called Hadassah, an American Story, written by Hadassah Lieberman. It says here, uh, Hadassah Lieberman has had a rewarding career dedicated to healthcare issues, assisting not-for-profit organizations, improving educational standards, and promoting international understanding with their particular focus on global women's health. I will add two things. Number one, oh, and by the way, it's a Brandeis University Press uh, publication. I'm sure available everywhere. She'll tell us in a minute. Uh, I will add two things. Uh, number one, uh, she and her husband and family have um, have never made a big deal, yet always made a big deal about being a Shomer Shabbos. And if you get what I mean, and I think my listeners of many years know exactly what I mean, uh, they made a big deal in their own personal lives. But when it came to others and it came to the public forum, they were very understated about everything. Most likely the best way to go about all that. That's number one. And secondly, she would have been an amazing second lady of the United States of America. Hadassah Lieberman, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Oh, thank you so much. It makes me smile to hear your voice and to be back on here. You do such a magnificent program for everyone. Well, I appreciate that very much. I, I, I thank you for that very, very much. And you and your husband have been a great inspiration to us here, I can tell you that much, especially with the way you handle yourselves publicly. I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, the, I mean, the, the first chapter or two of your book, frankly, mm-hmm. frankly, are frightening. I mean, when you look and you, and you, and you examine the uh, the the difference, the different experience that your previous generation had in your family, and then the experience that you had in this country, my God, the difference is immense. 
and and you and you must sit back not just on Yom Hashoah, but but you know other times during the year. You must sit back and think, like, my God, what a miracle it is that I even exist after what your parents went through. Absolutely, and I have to tell you, that was part of the thrill with my in my time with Joe being a United States senator running in a national office, for me to know that my mother was in Auschwitz-Dachau, my father's slave labor camp, and there I was, their daughter, being able to stand up strong and talk to people, and all the women who, in particular who came up and the Secret Service the guys patrolling around couldn't believe all of them with their arms, you know, their sleeves up to show me their Auschwitz tattoos. It's, it's, that's why my life has been a blend of everything, and I had to write this book for that reason. You know, it's funny, you're, you're a drop familiar with, with my family's history, and you, you know, the guilt feelings can be, I, I don't want to say, um, uh, you, you know, that they could be crippling, that wouldn't be fair, but, but, but they sometimes feel like they schlep along with you. Uh, having survived, having you know this tremendous transition from what your early life was like as a child and, and what you became, and, and I, and as you know, I could relate somewhat to that. Uh, would, would you call it guilt? Would you call it baggage? What is it that we're schlepping along with us as we go through this amazing experience in this country? You know, it's memories direct to survivors and indirectly really felt by children and grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, I have grandchildren who feel it. And, you know, life is a process where I always felt my parents, simultaneous to those memories and those concerns, were always pushing me to go forward, pushing, 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 and then meeting Joe and joining his life. And adventures, experiences, challenges made me really focus totally on moving forward. And that's what we have to do simultaneous to remembering. Oh, well, and we'll get to Joe, believe you me. I know it's an important part of the story. It, it sounded in the book like you're a drop frustrated that your mother didn't write more about her experiences in the horror of, of World War II, but frankly, Compared to some other families, you're lucky that she wrote as much as she did. I know. I know. And I'm frustrated on the one hand. On the other hand, I'm lucky she even wrote what she wrote. Yeah. And it's somewhat, the whole thing is when I found it, you know, and after her death and had to translate it at the Holocaust Museum because it was written in Czech. And I think it was written in Czech because she must have written it after after the war, you know, obviously in the seven, 1970, which is amazing. But there's so many things we don't know. Our parents tell us what they can and what they want. And there's a lot of stuff we don't understand. And no one, our friends, people, they don't, if they haven't gone through something similar, they have no idea. Yeah. And they think it's weird. You know, and I just said, Look, I'm gonna. My mother in the diary said, "I can't write anymore." Now I look to you, children. So the only children are me and my brother. 
Uh, I have so much I want to ask you. If, if you're pressed for time, let me know, because I can imagine you're doing... No, no, I made my time for you, because it's been a while, and Joe was saying, oh, how nice. I can imagine, I can imagine how much media you're doing for this, because it's such an important work. Um, and then your father's experience, uh, again, another horror story, uh, and so many things about your family's history, the Hasidic angle. You're, you're, oh, you're, I know. I mean, my gosh, you're, you're, you're practically, a, you're practically a Satmer Hasid. <laughs> and, I know. And, then on I know. T- and then on top of that, your father's love of Israel before Israel was, was even a, you know, a, a, a dream in someone's eye of being a state. He was, um, he was like addicted to Zionism. It, it, oh. it, it seemed even his religious life had this Israel component to it. And we would have immigrated from, from Europe to Israel right away, but the war was going on, and right. my mother really wasn't sure. She didn't want to do that because of the war. Plus, she was from another part of, you know, things in terms of Zionism, right. and the Hashomer Hatzair was right. looked at as, ay, ay. but it's interesting, because we, when I was in New York City visiting, it was in Brooklyn, actually, visiting the, um, I think it was the Munkacha, Rebbe, different people. And it's amazing because that's really, those are the kinds of things in the Satmar <laughs> Rebbe that my parents emerged out of. I mean, like, when, when the Rebbe's hear your family history, they must be, th- I'm being serious now, they must be thrilled to meet you because between Munkach and Satmar, you have a tremendous amount covered there in terms of Hasidic history. I know, but you know what? Sometimes I think, and that's what I'm afraid of, that some people have become, they've made observance, halacha, everything. And, you know, I'm Shomer Shabbat, I'm kosher, all right. those things. That we know, but sure. they're not going in a modern way, some right. progressive. And so sometimes they don't want to get too close to yeah. people. That, you I, know what I mean. Oh, but that's I hear another that. problem, and it's our responsibility to keep pushing forward because, you know. Hadassah Lieberman. Oh, oh, yes, we know. Hadassah Lieberman is with us. The book is called Hadassah, an American Story. Um, so, it, right. So then your father comes to the United States, and it's funny. I just did a conversation where Beryl Wine was, uh, I, I was flattered that he asked that I do one of these video conversations with him. It'll be out in a few weeks. And he pointed out there that if you wanted a job in the rabbinate in the United States in that era, the era when your father came here, you you likely would went to a conservative congregation, and that's oh, and, and literally your literally your father had that experience up in Massachusetts. Yes, and it was. I mean, here he was, a kid who was a kid with payout. You know, school starting at five a.m. The yeshiva sleeping on his uncle's stove because that's where the yeshiva was, and traveling home for Shabbat for. To his father and mother, and it just was amazing because all of these kinds of influences on them, and then he found himself going to, you know, the modern world, the university, right. Charles University, and his father wasn't going to give him money because right. that was, you know. Look, these were the things that we've evolved through in Judaism. And by the way, and by the way, just to show how your father understood the university scene, 
he insisted that his daughter Hadassah not go to Boston University, right? And go to right. and go to Stern College because he didn't want the social scene of the United States for you. He wanted an academic uh, uh, arena that would be, you know, what he felt was appro- right. appropriate for a young Jewish girl. And obviously, Stern being the way it is, it fit perfectly. Oh my goodness! When my father took me into BU, I'll never forget that. <laughs> we lived in Massachusetts, and he saw these couches and couples on the couch. He says. I niche for dear. That was it, you know? Not, Not for, for you. <laughs> Not for me. And I was, you know, I had to go. He said, two years must be at Stern, right. and then we'll talk. And then, I thought it was the old-fashioned type, you know. And then you switched, obviously, but I have to imagine, in all seriousness, the, the couple of years you were in Stern College probably left a very strong impact on you for the rest of your oh, life. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, because I had, you know, I had been raised in... Gardner, Massachusetts, a half hour from New Hampshire, and then to go to, you know, more of a Jewish community of, in New York, and to go to Stern College, where everything was very different and lovely, was very important. And my daughter, my little baby, who made Aliyah, and she's there with her five sons, Baruch Hashem. Wow. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our, you know, son-in-law. And she went to Stern College, and she, you know, she's the tichel head, the whole thing, you know. <laughs> you point, you point that out in the book. <laughs> by the time, you, yeah. by, the, by the time you get to the youngest kid, she's covering her hair, and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's amazing. The, as, as, it as, as an aside, have you seen them in the last year or not? Yes, thank God. Thank God, is right. Had some stuff to do. We just went and just came back quickly, well, and. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, she's good, and well, they're real. They're ardent Zionists. What the city? And, what city does she live in? She's in Yerushalayim oh, wow. now. She amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that now, was, it's amazing. Now, you talk about some of your struggles. Um, you know, you reveal the fact that you're a breast cancer survivor. Uh, many people didn't realize that Joe was not your first husband. You divorced your first husband. In the context of your family's history. And by the way, I may be wrong. I may not play a role at all in this. But when you go, and, and people out there, obviously there are people out there who, who've been through the situation, understand the pain of divorce, especially you had a child already at that point, makes things even more complicated. Does the family history make things like that, which are you know not life and death situations, easier to deal with, or are, are they always complicated? You sort of describe the divorce as like, you know, difficult to get through, but because you had a lot of cooperation around you, it made things easier. Well, that was how I eventually got myself to feel. But divorce is very, very difficult, and people shouldn't be have any naive notions that it isn't. And you have to work hard, and particularly when you want, you have children, and you want to take on a spouse's children, and you want them to feel they're loved and they're bonded. And, you know, I I talk about it in the book. We never did the step word for our children. Right. And that was the deal. You know, I would never have married a man who couldn't totally love my son. Not only that, I'm sorry to interrupt, but not only that, you you made a point of, of not speaking ever in derogatory terms about anybody on the other side of the family and insisted on that from your children. And, and everybody, and obviously everyone knows on paper it's hard to do sometimes, but on paper that's the best approach. You have to do it. You have to respect your children's parents, even if you have not birthed those 
children, right. their mother or their father is it's critical yeah. to accept them. Hadassah Hadassah Lieberman's with us. Now, when one in your situation, I don't know how old you were at the time of the divorce, but very often you might be, you know, someone in your situation might say, am I ever going to find happiness? How soon after the divorce do you meet Joe? Well, I, you know, to think about all these dates. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Joe and I got married at 83, and um, I separated earlier from my former and wasn't too long after, but it was because a girlfriend of mine, um, who I had gone to Stern College with, said, gee, Hadassah, I want to introduce you to someone. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I have no idea, because she was up in New Haven, Connecticut, and I was in Riverdale at that point. And she said, he's a nice man, he's a member of my show, but he um, he's a politician, but... He's, you know, he's okay. He's a good one. She was a little skeptical about any political being. He was what, in the state Senate at that time? He was running for attorney general. Oh, he was already running for attorney general. Yeah, at that point he was running. And so she said, I'd like to introduce you to him. And she didn't know him that well, but she knew him as a member of Michelle, et cetera. So I thought, okay, I'm going up. I went up to her house for Shabbat and... Joe came over and met me, and then he said, oh, would you like to go out Saturday night? So he and I said, okay. And he said, well, I have a campaign fundraiser. I'm not going to be done until about 11 o'clock. <laughs> welcome welcome will, to my world. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick you up um, after Shabbat, and you can drive up with me to that event. And I'm thinking, I said to Joe, I said, well, how do I introduce myself? Oh, as my driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. I thought this, this as you say, my entry into the political exactly. world. Yeah, welcome to my world of politics. Was the was the wedding in Agudah Shalom? We went to yeah, that's where he was going. Shout out, Shalom. shout but, out to but, our friends in Stanford. Then I would guess. No, no, wasn't a good Shalom. That was in Stanford. Right. We were in New Haven. We went to. Um, it was Westville Synagogue, but I, you know, that's no, but not I, them. What I, am I talking about? I was in Riverdale. Don't confuse Right, but, I, but I was asking if your wedding to him was in a good show. Yes, my wedding. That's why I was him. giving a special shout-out to our friends in Stanford. <laughs> Oh yeah, we know we know I we know I could have show them very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're very special, and we had a you know, and Joe's been there his whole you know he's right. been there his whole life sure. until he went to New Haven. Amazing, Hadassah Lieberman is with us, um, and then of course he uh, wins that race for Attorney General, and then he has that incredible victory over Lowell Weicker to become a senator. And he, he starts gaining a reputation nationwide as being one of the nicest people in the United States um, uh-huh. uh, Senate. I mean, there's, I mean, whoever met him that didn't like him, frankly. And I have to ask you, and I know that you can, it's not fair for you to speak on his behalf, especially on this, but you can give us a little bit of an insight in, in April of 2021. The, the atmosphere in Washington today must be killing him. It must be killing him because I, I view him as somebody who just wants to get along with everybody and respect the political position and the opinion of those across the aisle. Absolutely. You've described Joe perfectly. And, you know, he gets in, he used to get into little uh, 
trouble when he did that because some people just don't get that and that that's what it takes to run a government right. and to do joint compromising legislation. So what Joe sees today is he's chairman of a group, No Labels, which is working hard to pull people together, leaders, political leaders. It's critical that they have problem. They call themselves problem solvers in in Congress Boy. Uh, that are part of the No Labels organization. You know, and, yeah. No, no, I was going to say I'm glad it exists. Because boy, oh, boy, do we so, need that today. Oh, do we need it? And we just need it in general. There's too much division in our society. Some people don't sit down at the same table and talk to people right. that don't have their views politically or religiously, for that matter. You know, we divide it. You know, one. Of, there's so many parts of your book I enjoyed, but there, there are a couple of important stories in your book. That are, are just you're gonna you're gonna laugh. I think that I found this to be such a uh, a key part of of what you tell us uh, through the book. Um, you talk about 9/11, and obviously everyone has a 9/11 story. And in your position, you know, <laughs> being closely related to somebody who's a real decision maker in the country at that time, you can imagine, right. you know, you had certain insight that none of us had. But you're out of town. You got to get back to. You're in Texas. You got to get back to New York, and you end up in a cab. What it sounds like. We don't have to go through the details. People can read it in the book. With, with with you know people who are driving back to New York, obviously people you don't know there, you know it's it's a cab driver taking you and your associate back, and you get to know them obviously because it's a long journey, <laughs> and and by the end of the trip you're inviting them for a tour of Washington D.C., and I just felt it was significant because again you and your husband are so out there when it comes to the importance of communicating with others. These are people from completely different backgrounds than yours, but by the end of this drive, you feel a kinship uh, to them. And I, and I also, and then, and then you toss in the story, which I found fascinating of inauguration day when president George W was you know, eventually inaugurated. And obviously uh, Al Gore and your husband, you know, w- w- did not win that race officially at the end. And then Friday night, mm-hmm. you find yourself in the Gore home. Right. If I have this right, you find yourself in the yeah. home for a what I guess was a Shabbat dinner, essentially. Right. It's a Friday night. Essentially, it's Shabbat, and they go ahead and they shut their phones, their Blackberries, yeah. because right. they know that you and Joe would not dare touch your phone on a Friday night. And I'm saying to myself, my God, what a country we're in. What a country we're in. So the exact opposite of what your parents had in terms of the atmosphere of of neighbors and, and associates that the. That the almost vice, that the almost president of the United States, who hours before uh, realized he's not going to be president of the United States, that this becomes a priority for him on Friday night with the respect and the courtesy that he shows you, I thought was remarkable. Well, you know that story. I'm so glad you told that. What happened was, you know, that was that awful time where decisions weren't being made about the votes. Remember that mm-hmm. whole thing with Florida? Sure. And so Friday night, Joe was on the phone with Al Gore talking about the situation. We didn't know we were, you know, we had no idea. Were we going to be going to the vice president's house (laughs) or will we be staying in our place? So what happened was Al Gore called back after he finished on the phone and he said to Joe, why don't you... Come over. 
So I packed my stuff for Shabbat. I can't, you know, you talk about that. Candlesticks, all that stuff. And put it in a bag and brought it over. And as soon as we walk in, Joe asks for a room to daven because it was Kimat Shabbat. Unbelievable. And he went into this room and I followed him in after. And after he finished davening, he turned around because this was, Christmas time, there was a Christmas tree in the corner, and Joe came out. We went to the table. It was the Gores and Donna Brazil who stayed. The others went rushing off to all the stuff they were doing that night. And we did, you know, Shabbat, explain Shabbat and things. And then we sat there having a beautiful dinner. I brought my food for Shabbat. <laughs> And, you know, paper, plate, whatever. <laughs> and so there we were, with the candles lit. And it was it absolutely, the way you described it is true. We never felt any anti-Semitism at all during the campaign. Which is unbelievable. And by and, the way, and to your credit, because, and, and this is what I said in the intro when I first introduced you this morning, obviously, I mean, you're campaigning. You're campaigning all around the country. Campaigning means eating certain foods, 99% of which Joe is not eating. And campaigning means, you know, doing certain things, 99% of which you're not doing on Friday night and Saturday. And, right. and and you never made a big deal about it. You'd think this would be a national so You'd think there would be, you know, a Twitter feed that'd be paying attention to every little thing you are and are not doing on Shabbos. And you just never made a big deal about it. You never did anything to call attention to anything, never made someone feel uncomfortable because of what our tradition heritage tells us, which I thought was just If someone had to be the Orthodox nominee for Vice President of the United States, Joe Lieberman was the right person. <laughs> you know, it's amazing because I remember so many stories. Also, our first Shabbat, we were in Wisconsin. That's where we assigned to go. And I'll never forget the Lubavitch rabbi came from just, you know, a little bit of a distance yeah. to bring our Friday night dinner, Shabbat lunch before Shabbat. And I said, Rabbi, thank you so much. What can I do to repay you? And he said, you can ask the young woman who's your advanced person to light the Shabbat <gasps> candle. Oh, my gosh. You know, she happened to be Jewish. She happened to be from a home in Florida that it wasn't religious. But asking her to do that touched her. It touched me. You know, those are the moments. And those are the kinds of things that, and then on some Shabbats, we were able to bring our children together and our mothers and, you know, Baruch Hashem. Things are, yeah, very special in that way. And but, don't forget, there was no Twitter. Right, right. People weren't doing telling right. you everything. Right. Now everybody tells you everything, and it's not all right. Right. I, 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 yeah, I was exaggerating when I said there was, you know, why there was no Twitter feed. Of course there was no Twitter. But even today, I think the two of you would have been able to have handled it. Obviously, again, with social media, it would have been different. But still, the dignity that you handled everything with was just amazing. Uh, the forward is written by a gentleman named Joe Lieberman, folks. He writes the forward to the book. He's got a lot of positive and wonderful things to say about the author and and Megan, <laughs> and Megan McCain. And we know that the Liebermans and the McCains were 
Yeah, not Jewish, by the way, the McCades. Nonetheless, they were yeah. very close and had tremendous admiration yeah. for each other. Megan writes a beautiful afterward. And um, and uh, I'm highly recommend. I didn't even we didn't even talk about your whole opinion on what's going on immigration wise, etc. Because obviously your story is one of immigration success. Uh, here's what I bet, and I know we're, we're I'm running out of time here, and I apologize. But here's yeah, what I, 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 I assume, knowing you, that you are very pro immigration and know how this country was built. But you also yeah. want you also want responsible, law abiding legalized people coming into the country and i think that the the chaos that's happening today and the and the you know sh- on one side and shut the doors on the other i have a feeling you're you're somewhere responsibly in the middle on this issue oh absolutely look i'm a great believer in immigration obviously this was the country the shores of which open to immigrants yeah. open to those of us who needed a place to go at the same time, we have to make sure that the rules and regulations that are valid are looked at and used to make sure that our country continues as the home of the free and the brave. I'll never forget my mother coming close to the Statue of Liberty. She was telling me Emma Lazarus's words. Right. Just got into her. So, oh. Look, we're all immigrants. No question about it. We are all immigrants. Finally, you know what I have to ask you. I have no choice. I, I, I and I'm sure you anticipated this. Yeah. So, does Joe know at this point that in your own house he will always be vice president? <laughs> and I, uh, and I, yeah. and, and you, oh. and, and you know, and I, I don't even know if you started that joke, but you know that the whole world tells it, right? <laughs> I know. Oh God, you know, you, I have to laugh, but you know what? I've been raised in the traditional way, so there's a little truth in that about <laughs> my behavior at home. But that's so funny. It's so you funny. By the way, on a serious note, it's funny you say that because the other day, you know, I mean, I come from a family where my father was a really powerful, distinguished rabbi, as people know, mm-hmm. but the home was always my mother's. She was in charge of that. If it was a house issue, he deferred to her home. <laughs> he deferred to her. And, the, and I think there's something to say about that, that that's the presidential domain of the, of the Jewish uh, mother, Jewish homemaker. Oh, yeah. But today it's changed a little bit here and there. <laughs> yeah, that's know. true. That's true. I know. <laughs> that is true. And you've got listeners coming from all places. So no we question. support them all, right? No question about it. Everyone's got their thing, and we uh, all we ask is that they handle their lives in responsible manners and represent our people well, as you have done. An absolute delight to speak with you. The book is called Hadassah, an American Story, written by Hadassah Lieberman. I can assume it's available everywhere at this point? Yes, it's and on Internet, you know, all yeah. the usual places. And, sweetie, listen, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your wonderful program, and thank you for taking the time to review my book. I really appreciated this interview. Well, my pleasure. And I always remind your husband that the day that he took over uh, first place in the poll against Lowell Weicker was a day that he was a guest at our show. So I hope I hope that, that this interview brings you the same luck it brought him. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And my best to everyone, okay? Thank you so much, Hadassah. Hadassah Lieberman, everybody. It's a Brandeis University Press book. It is called Hadassah, An American Story, written by the great Hadassah Lieberman. I cannot 
recommended highly enough. Just amazing. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM. Siren echoes in the air A nation anxious, numb with fear Side by side, eyes raised to heaven Praying fervent prayers A tragedy with narrow hope We stand together, try to cope Hashem, please save our family Wipe away the tears But when everything is back in order, why do we let go? Our hearts were bound as one together, was it just for show? Do we really need another shadow to block our warning sun? And to remind the soul that we are really Which other people can compare With how we hold each other dear Through suffering and painful times Our bond is ever strong Imagine if we'd linger on Long after our cries are gone No storm could ever reach our midst If we'd only stay so strong With an open heart and to help each other grow. And when we are forced apart, after that conversation with Hadassah Lieberman, I don't know if there's a better uh, theme we can play than We Are One. First couple of chapters of the book are one of the most unbelievable accounts of um, personal histories of World War II I've ever read, frankly. And then obviously the rest of it is just an incredible story of a uh, of a journey through Jewish life here in the United States of America, culminating with almost becoming the second lady of the United States as an Orthodox Jew, which is just remarkable. Anyway, pick up the book, folks. There'll be somebody in your family that I guarantee you is going to find it fascinating. It's called Hadassah, an American story. Hadassah Lieberman, uh, from what we were told, it is available now everywhere. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM log. Bomer celebration is coming up Friday. Not this Friday, next Friday, 10 days from now. Brought to you by our friends at Mizrahi. Go to rza.org slash journey home for information about their trips coming up. The live music is going to be amazing with Avram Rosen, Lumarie Kunstler, and their amazing super band, the Diasperados. I uh, want to thank uh, Mizrahi 
want to thank our chair people, our general chairman, Steve Adelsberg, our New Jersey chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum. Make sure to get your uh, tax tips from Ralph, Ralph at TaxCPA2.com. want to thank Yatar Israel. They are raising money for the ATV for the um, uh, Talman Asher region. And they're already, well, they're almost at 78000 They're almost at 78000 They're trying to get to 85000 so they're way over 90% of their goal. If you haven't yet donated, go to a charity.com slash Yatar Israel, charity.com slash Yatar, Y-A-T-A-R Israel. And uh, we thank you for that. Yeah. And um, if you missed my conversation with Hadassah Lieberman, check out the archives later on AlchemSiegel.com, the NSN app. Make sure you subscribe to our daily thread, which uh, this week is brought to you by Mizrahi. If you're not a subscriber, make sure to write to Avrami. Ask him to subscribe you. It's AF at NahumSiegel.com. Again, that's AF at NahumSiegel.com. Well, our good friend Linda Spiegel is with us live via telephone. She's Director of Public Affairs at the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center in Queens. Um, we have been fans of the Margaret Teets Rehab Center for probably close to three decades at this point. It is one of the best facilities in our community, and it is located, actually, uh, both in and around uh, some of the best Jewish communities of uh, Queens, New York. Uh, Margaret Teets, a week from tonight, is going to be streaming a special event, an evening of inspiration dedicated to the memory of of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld. Just the fact that Margaret Teets Rehab was associated with Rabbi Schoenfeld shows you how connected to our community they've been over all these years. Uh, it's dedicated to the memory of Rabbi Schoenfeld. Presenters include Rabbi Noah Isaac Elbaum, Rabbi Eitan Feiner, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, and Rabbi Chaim Schwartz. will be moderated by the coordinator of Jewish affairs at Margaret Teets, Rabbi Zavol Perlman. And it's happening a week from tonight at 7 p.m. It'll be streamed on margaretteets.org. And, of course, sponsored by the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center. Linda Spiegel is with us live via telephone, Director of Public Affairs at the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center. Linda, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. I'm so happy to be here. Good morning, Nachum. You sound so wide awake like you've been on for hours <laughs> well, <laughs> and up for hours. It, it seems that way, frankly. Linda, just the fact, and I'm sure you get what I mean, just the fact that your center has been affiliated with Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld for all this time, shows you just how dedicated uh, Margaret Teets is to the greater community uh, that we have out in Queens, New York. I would assume the relationship with Rabbi Schoenfeld goes way, way back. The, the association with Rabbi goes back a long way from the beginnings of our facility becoming kosher. Um, we were a survivor. We were a facility dedicated to the care of Holocaust survivors. That was the original mission. And many years go by, we were not a kosher facility. The people that had founded the facilities not keep kosher. Right. Um, they were not from. And I think there were many conversations over the years with Rabbi Schoenfeld about how upset he was with that, that you should have a facility, a prominent facility in the community, and not be kosher. So there were many conversations that took place in order to change that situation and see if the community would be willing to accept a facility that was not kosher and then became one. And Rabbi Schoenfeld was really the driving force in making this happen. Um, many meetings took place. He was such an advocate for this, and he said, believe me, that if this works out, I am going to take this on, which he did, and he took on so many things in the community that made the firm community what it is today. We are all in debt to him. 
And Margaret Teed's facility is certainly indebted to him for what he did for us in bringing this to us and getting the other abundant in the community involved oh, in I'm, I'm having so, meetings. I'm yes. so glad you just said that because I was going to say mm-hmm. when, we, when we did our, our, our most recent show at Margaret Teet's a couple of years ago, Ev- mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. rabbi in the community from every angle was there <laughs> yes. because and, yes. and, and with sincerely wonderful things to say about the facility. So he goes ahead or by Schoenfeld of Blessed Memory and he sets this up with you and, and helps yes. helps the, uh, the the center move forward. And then all of a sudden, years later, you know, everybody, every rabbi of every stripe in the Orthodox world is found there at, you know, at one of your special events because, uh, you yeah. know, and, and again, you know, saying really wonderful things. And we should mention, because we did this, we did this uh, a few months ago with you on the air. Mm-hmm. It was a very, mm-hmm. a very difficult year, a very difficult year. Yeah. You can imagine yeah. folks, you know, a nursing and rehab center going through COVID, a very difficult year. Somehow your staff got through it. You you basically described it as a miracle, the way your staff handled things. Yeah. No surprise, to, no surprise to us based on what we know. And and now things mm-hmm. are right. Visitation is back, and the daily schedule is more open. Right now, mm-hmm. things are getting. Yes. You see it getting back to normal. Thank God. We, we can see things. We can see the horizon here. Right. We can see that things are going to start getting better. We still have many protocols in place to keep people safe. Thank God, we do not have any COVID in the building, and we have it for a very very long time because everybody is so diligent there and we take such precautions and the families understand, you know, people are not happy. They want to just hug their loved ones and be together all the time, but we have to just make sure we keep people safe. And I think in years past, we always did these types of talks in the community with prominent rabbis. Um, We did them in various shuls and I was thinking about what everybody went through recently, nursing home, the residents, people in the community, their families, and that, these types of talks would be so special and so helpful to them. And we, as I said, we did them in shuls. We can't do that now. Right. So I got in touch with Rabbi Olbaum and Rabbi Steiner and um, told them, of course, that this was in memory of Rabbi Schoenfeld. And I don't think either one hesitated <laughs> That's for right. a second. Really, really. Uh, they signed right on. And I just was calling it this evening of inspiration because I think the words that they're going to hear from both rabbis are going to be incredibly inspiring. Rabbi Elbaum speaks on recognizing the blessing of life, Rabbi Feiner on serving Hashem with true simcha. Both Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld and Rabbi Chaim Schwartz will address the crowd as well. And Rabbi Perlman, your own Rabbi Perlman, the coordinator of Jewish Affairs at Margaret Teets, will be uh, moderating the event. It's a week from tonight, starting at 7 p.m., all online. It'll be streamed on margaretteets.org, and everyone is invited uh, to really uh, participate in this evening of inspiration and be inspired uh, by what will be um, uh, wonderful uh, presentations by the rabbis and uh, certainly a great remembrance of uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Uh, as you know, Linda, what he did yes. with what he did with Margaret Teets is one percent of what he yes. did for so much in the community. An tenth of a percent. An yeah. tenth of a percent. I mean, I mean, his leadership. <laughs> it, you know, you talk about the style of the old time rabbi and being a real community yes. leader and doing so yes. in so many areas. And just the fact that he paid so much attention to a facility, you know, to a rehab facility in Queens, uh, to to to, right. to to be more affiliated with our community and to have this type of association with these types of rabbis and community leaders is just amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. all, all people will need to do, I assume, is is, is log on to margaretteets.org a week from tonight. Is that basically how it works? Yes, it's actually on um, the stream. It's, it's events.margaretteets.org, okay. and they'll be able to get right on and be connected to the program. It's also going to be streamed on Yeshiva World and oh, nice. the Queen's Jewish Link. 
So there's three places, but certainly come on to Margaret Teach. We'll be more than happy to set you up, get you going. And I think uh, everybody will be inspired from this evening. It's uh, very special to us at Margaret Teach that we should do more and more for the community because we serve the community. We help the families as much as we can. It's very important to us. And this evening, I hope, will prove to be something very special for everyone and hope to do others going down the road. Hopefully our doors will be open, our beautiful shul will be open, and we can host people again in there and have many events in there, including with you, Nachum. We'll love to have you back. Please, God. Once our doors are really open again. Please, God. I remember when you started to build that shul. How is population right now? Are you guys have a waiting list, or you're you're basically capacity? Um, Actually, we're... Pretty full. We are pretty full right now. I think people are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable having those rehab, you know, coming in for those rehab stays. That's primarily what we do. We have long-term care as well. We do hospice when needed. But I'd say short-term rehab is most of the people that come in. They stay three weeks a month, two weeks, depending on what what the situation is. And then they go back to the community. But a lot of that was put on hold during the pandemic, so numbers were definitely different then. But now it looks like people have that confidence that they want to get back to their lives a little, know that we have a wonderful rehab at Margaret Teeth, and feel comfortable in coming in, and we try to do everything we can to make it so. If someone in your family needs Margaret Teeth Nursing and Rehab, it is a great place for people from our community to do just that, to rehab. Uh, Information, you could dial uh, 718-298-7800 That's 718-298. 298-7800. You could ask for Linda Spiegel. She'd be more than happy to speak to anybody from our audience that has any questions. And I remind you that at 7 p.m. a week from tonight, April the 27th, the evening of inspiration and memory of Rabbi Schoenfeld will be taking place. Uh, brought to you by the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center. It will be on the Queen's Jewish Link site. It will be on Yeshiva World and obviously events.margaretteets.org as well. Uh, it will feature Rabbi Noah Isaac Elbaum and Rabbi Eitan Feiner. And uh, it starts at 7 p.m. one week from tonight. Linda Spiegels, Director of Public Affairs at Margaret Teets. Anything you'd like to add, Linda? Well, I just want to give everybody my direct line phone number. So this way, if they have any questions or comments or whatever, I'd love to hear from whomever like to call me. It's at 718-298-7838. And we look forward to this wonderful program and doing many more things for the community going forward. Best regards to everybody, Margaret Teets, and thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Linda Spiegel, Director of Public Affairs there in Queens, Margaret Teets uh, Nursing and Rehab, 718-298-7838. The evening of inspiration and memory of Rabbi Schoenfeld one week from tonight. Tuesday morning broadcast, it's JM and the AMR coming up. Say, the 
Never hear 
are not witness to a private pain. No words can convey, no language can explain. No, we cannot understand. Our hearts can't feel, our minds can't comprehend.
Wave to Har Yamamai here at JM in the AM. Chaim David and Company. Pretty good song, huh? Sunshine in the Rain before that. You heard that from uh, AKA Pella. Ten days from now, it is our Logba Omer five hour JM in the AM major live music extravaganza. That's what's happening on uh, April the 30th. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I want to thank our chairman. I want to thank uh, Steve Adelsberg. I want to thank our New Jersey chairman, uh, Ralph Rosenbaum. I want to thank our friends in Mizrahi, rza.org slash journey home. They are um, presenting our five-hour jam and AM that morning. Pretty amazing. Want to thank uh, who else? Am I thank. Want to thank our friends at Yatar. Those of you who haven't yet given to their campaign, charity uh, charity.com slash Yatar Israel. Charity.com with a D. Charity.com slash uh, Yatar Y A T A R Israel. Check out their campaign. It's a good one. A lot of important stuff that they're doing for the security of the borders of Israel. Hey, listener Morris, 
thank you for commenting on the app. Listener Ralph, thank you for commenting on the app. Remember, if you want those tax tips from Ralph Rosenbaum, Ralph at TaxCPA2.com. Ralph at TaxCPA2.com. Um, this listener wants to know if uh, if you can get Hadassah Lieberman's book in a Sfarim store, meaning like a Judaica store. I don't know. I have no idea if they're carrying it in Judaica stores, but it is available online. Just search Hadassah, an American story. Hadassah, an American story. Listener Chaya, thank you for having Hadassah Lieberman on the show. Bus to Albany. Excuse me, I have to sneeze. Uh, bus to Albany says, good morning, and special shout-out to our bus monitor, Simi. All right, hello there, Simi. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, any beloved NSNF. If you missed our Yom Ha'atzmaut conversations with Phil Rosen and with Rabbi Ari Rockoff, check out JM Rewind, which is coming up next at the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, a lot of uh, great interviews in this JM Rewind, but particularly the ones we did on Yamat's Mood. So check it out. It's all coming up. Just keep it right here. There's no reason to touch that dial, obviously. Avrami has a live lunch starting, a cappella live lunch starting at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And I thank all of you for tuning in. More tomorrow, starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Alchemist will remind you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.